All right, so who is Mick Perry? Um, I would describe me as, you know, some people get caught up with that question when they want to describe what they've done or their accolades and things like that. So I've been thinking about your list of questions all week long, really. If I share my experiences and somebody else might be able to take that wisdom mm-hmm. and heal. Yeah. So even if yeah. I have to like be in a vulnerable space or mm-hmm. share more than others might might not consider to be too comfortable, I am going to be an open book. All so right. here we are. Right. Well, here we and then are. you here changed me. Like I decided that and then me and you met and I was like, oh, God is working quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say um, I am a source of light. Yes. I am a vessel. Mm-hmm. Um, I am great energy inside this human body. Mm-hmm. And I thank God the universe decided to bless me with uh, appealing physical appearance, I guess. Hey now, um, <laughs> don't put a yes on it. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, keep it going. Keep it going. I'm trying to, you know, like say it as as best as possible. As but humble as I yeah, can. I, I, I yeah, I'm much more than what I've accomplished in life, and I think that comes with growth to realize that um, that's not what makes you up. The things that you've done, right. rather uh, your character, what kind of person you are, and mm-hmm. I have a huge heart and I'm a, I'm a good person and I genuinely want to see people win and I, I lead with that. So yes, yes. That'd I, be me. I identify with you on, on plenty of that. Genuinely wanting to see people win and leading with that. Um, yeah. I love it. So in your, re- your last response, I heard light, I heard energy. Um, and those are words that for me, it makes me think about spirituality. I'm not mm-hmm. sure how that is for you. So that leads me to another question I have for you. Uh, what is spirituality to you? How do you view that, define it, however you want to answer? I think that, um, okay, okay, so first I want to say, uh, not to take away from anybody that is religious yes. or practice practices an organized religion in order to um, increase their faith or stay connected to their creator, or, you know, to each his own. Uh, however you do that is fine. I, I don't believe in practice religion or organized religion. I don't feel like um, my faith should be based in the rules that are set forth mm-hmm. by a religion. So uh, when people ask me, um, because they'll talk to me and they'll, some people will align religion and spirituality with, uh, with the same thing. They'll think that's, you know, it's a, it's a similar concept or, right. and it is not, but <clears throat> when they hear me talk, they'll say, what church do you go to? Or which religion, um, are you a Christian? I hear that a lot, are you a Christian? Mm-hmm. Uh, do have you have you uh, accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Mm-hmm. Each is on, right? Mm-hmm. I just don't think I have to go outside of myself uh, in order for me to be connected with something bigger than me. Yeah. So when I say that I'm spiritual, um, I believe we're all a part of the universe, mm-hmm. and I believe that everything the universe is capable of, we're also capable of. Mm-hmm. as as being a part of that bigger that bigger picture yes. um and that i think the greatest disservice uh in this lifetime in my lifetime that i've seen is to encourage people especially people of color mm-hmm. to look outside of themselves to find um that energy or that source when we really are those people that mm-hmm. people we are god like mm-hmm. um and and the fact that i just feel like we're chosen as a people and 
especially black men, I feel struggle with knowing their, their identity or their power or their purpose, mm -hmm. because somewhere along the lines, however long back you want to go, uh, they were taught to look outside of themselves to a white Jesus Christ in order to be connected to their creator. Mm -hmm. And if that is not like the most distinct way to disconnect a person mm -hmm. from who they are, mm -hmm. it just, it doesn't get no clearer to me than that. So right. um, I, I have really strong feelings about um, the divide that has been created with our folks um, based on like who they should be praying to. Right. And if we can get to that point, like if we could just like on that focus, if we could just all understand and like come to an agreement mm -hmm. that we are it like ourselves and that we have the ability and the connection, um, then we probably will be able to just move forward so much quickly as a, as a people mm -hmm. um, leaps and bounds. I feel like we could, yeah. but we're broken. Mm -hmm. We don't, we don't even know where we come from. So how could we ever save generations that are coming after us or current generations that mm -hmm. we have, you know, the chance to be around now to guide if we don't even understand where we come from. So when I say I'm spiritual, um, if I'm in a space where I can close my eyes and focus, then God will speak to me. Mm -hmm. And it's it's that simple of a concept. I think I just I think people make it complicated as far as like how to connect with with the higher power. Mm -hmm. My mom, my mom used to struggle. I mean, all the time she would come to me and she'd ask me how do you pray? And I'd say, what do you mean? I don't understand, you know, what you're asking me. And she, she'd repeat it. She like, I just don't understand where your faith comes from. And I, and I didn't know how to explain it to her. It was just innately, it's just in me. I don't, I don't know, but I know people that, that struggle like that. They just, mm -hmm. they don't get it. And I, and I, I don't, I don't understand how you can't understand that. So it's a struggle for me sometimes when I, when people ask me, like, you're so faith-based. Um, and you've been through so many things in your life. How can you still believe that God has you? Mm -hmm. And I'm amazed. How could you not? You're still here. Uh -huh. Got you. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I spiritual. So, when did you come to, like, I heard you mention your mom. And, and from my experience, a lot of individuals, their, their current spiritual practice um, it, it came from childhood indoctrination and you don't challenge it. You don't think nothing else. You kind of just accept it was put into you. You move forward with it. Did you grow up being taught differently than how you manifest now when it comes to spirituality? You know, I, I'm grateful for her being the kind of person that she was because um, she 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 was that chick that was like into tarot card readings and crystals. And we was always burning incense. And mm -hmm. if she wanted to talk to like her, her brother passed when she was real young and um, she just had questions about how that happened. So she would go to talk to mediums or she would host like psychic parties where she'd bring a chicken. She was that chick. So I was just like, <laughs> she opened my mind up to like all these other different things that could be where my grandmother on my dad's side was a devout Christian. So I'd be there every weekend and Sunday mornings, me and all 15 of my cousins were up getting dressed and ready for church. Yeah. So I would go to church with my grandmother and I would say to her six, seven, eight years old, how come we talk about the same stories in the Bible every week? I mean, it would just be like simple questions like that. Like, how come that's Jesus? You know, and my, I remember my grandma to be good. Be quiet now. Just sit down and you know listen to the service. Mm -hmm. And I'd be asking questions after the fact. She'd take us to Ponderosa every weekend, all of us. And I'd ask her, Grandma, why we go to a church and pray to a God that doesn't look like us? Because mm -hmm. everybody in the church look like us. 
pastor look like us, you know, the choir look like us, everybody's brown. And I, and, but it, there's a white Jesus on the wall. So I'm just young questioning things like this doesn't make sense to me, you know? So growing up, I just think I, I, I probably owe it more to my mom and, and just being exposed all the way around to things that made me curious. I've always been a curious person. I, I love education. I love to learn and ask questions and read and mm-hmm. documentaries and things like that. So I probably hit about 23, 24, 25, where I understood that I'm favored and I'm chosen and I have a connection and I can hear. Mm-hmm. And that intuition is strong. So I would start to like instill that in my son. I had my son when I was 17. By the time he was seven, he understood what intuition meant. Mm-hmm. He understood to listen to, to the voice inside of him and that, that was God. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. I'm grateful. For, I'm grateful. Yeah. Thanks for that. There, there's a number of things that I just from that one response that I want to go into. So I'm just kind of put a little pin in them. Uh, and what I will ask you at this point, because you mentioned earlier when talking about spirituality and people would say, I, you know, how can you still hold on to God or this, that, or the other with everything that you've been through, all that you've experienced? And so that leads me to ask you the question, like, what's the greatest hurt that you've experienced in life? And more importantly, how did you overcome it? I've been thinking about, I've been thinking about this question too, and some of the things that I have experienced. And I have felt a lot of pain in my life and I've cried hard over things, but I think the most painful thing I've ever experienced was when uh, my son was taken from me. Uh, Children's Services took my son um, when he was three, two or three, and he was gone um, for two months. Mm -hmm. I had to really work to get my son back home with me and and to know to no fault of my own, it, it was the actions of his father, but because him and his father, him, his father and I were together, um, it was guilt by association. So they took him. And I and I I remember just how helpless I felt. And I could feel, because I'm an empath, I could feel my son crying for me. Mm-hmm. And the two in the two weeks that he was in foster care before he ended up with his grandmother until he came back home to me. I could feel him. So there'd be times I'd be walking somewhere mm-hmm. in the grocery store or anywhere. And I could feel my son. Man, that's gotta be gut-wrenching. Yes. I just stayed focused on getting him back mm-hmm. and putting and putting him first and making him a priority and making sure that he, he was never in a place again where he wasn't safe mm-hmm. or where somebody could come into my home and say, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing as a parent. So we're going to take your son from you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and that included having to walk away from his dad mm-hmm. and making that, making that decision and putting my son first and, and uh, just making that choice. And, and my mom never, never put us first, me and my siblings, there was always a man that came before us. So mm-hmm. it was very easy for me to decide that I was going to break that cycle. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I salute you because, you know, some people, they, they repeat the pattern they repeat the generational curse. And so, you know, for you seeing what was done, experiencing that, and I, I can see it going either way, knowing how that feels to be on the other end of that um, and making sure that you don't repeat it. But I also know people who fall into the same trap and same cycle. So I'm glad and grateful for you and your strength on that. Uh, with your son, you know, in, in 17 years of, of parenting, and there's a lot that can transpire with that. Um, in all these years, what would you say is the best parenting advice you have to offer? Oh, <laughs> I would. Um... 
Oh, wow. <laughs> the best parenting advice I would offer. I would say, let, let the little people be who they are. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, allow them to understand who they are and, and, and seek different activities and experiences to, to like figure out who they are as people so that they're comfortable with that and never to, never to um, make them feel anything other than accepted for the things that they're interested in doing mm-hmm. and the things they want to do. And, and it might not work out and you might not know better because of wisdom and time and age and all of those things in your own experiences, but there's still little people who are having their own experience just because they came from you. Right. So yeah, I, I would think that that's probably the best advice I'd give to a young mom or a young parent mm-hmm. um, only because that's some mistakes that I made with him. Yeah. So yeah, in hindsight, I, I probably would have allowed my son to really just flourish mm-hmm. instead of trying to uh, control the situation and and then justifying that with wanting to protect him right. from unseen things that could happen, you know? Right, right. And sometimes I find we put might, our own fear on, on other yes, people. Yes, and my faith should have been at the forefront, even with my son, yeah. you know, but yeah. hindsight. <laughs> okay, hey, we learn. We live and we learn. We get better, yeah, we do. you know, and lessons. And it I love like the way you respond. It takes me a number of different places. And like, I got to put a pin in that, put a pin in that. Um, <laughs> let's just go with the lessons part. We'll, we'll come back to like single advice. So, you know, you've, you've lived, you've learned, you're yet evolving as it is right now. What would you say is your biggest life lesson? Oh, I would say to not live in a space of fear. Mm-hmm just be fearless and go after what you want. Mm -hmm. I turned 41 a couple of months ago and I still feel like I'm 20. Mm -hmm. I can't believe 20 years has gone by so quick. Mm -hmm. And then when I was 20, I couldn't believe 20 years had gone by so quick. Mm -hmm. So I, I just, my biggest life lesson would be to just go after what you want. Stop caring what people think. Yeah. Stop being scared of failure because that's the whoever fails. I mean, you never fail if you try mm-hmm. and it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. So what? You can oh, just you it up. Yeah. Yep. And keep it pushing. So I think I think that would be it. And if I if I could go back in time, although I would never want to, um, I would just I would just be a monster out here. I would just mm-hmm. go get it. I mean. <laughs> whatever I want. And I tell my son that all the time, like you're so young and you're so smart and you're so brilliant and creative and whatever you want to do, you want to travel, you want to start a company, you want to go do this, you want to go do that, do it. Mm-hmm. We're here and yeah. we're only here for like that much time. So why would you waste time caring with another, I could think about you. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm with yeah. you on that. Awesome. So, so what, how are you applying? So I hear you talking about that. That's the biggest life lesson. You're sharing it with your son. Um, how, how are you sharing that with yourself? Are you sharing that with yourself? It, even though that's the biggest life lesson you've got, is it easy to apply? Are you finding it challenging to apply? You're 41, still a lot of life left to live, you feel, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, I am applying it to day-to-day life. Um, I, I just, am, I've stopped moving with the thought of how another will perceive me. Yeah. And I just decided to move. That is such a powerful uh, place to be. I own a company and I'm starting two new projects and mm-hmm. I'm an entrepreneur at heart. I'll always be that way. I'm a hustler mm-hmm. and I, um, I'm just going to do what I want to do. If it doesn't work, I'll try again. But 
there's just there's certain things that I, I've always wanted to do. I want to sing. I want to perform poetry on a regular basis. I want to maybe act. I want to do voiceovers. I want to do public speaking. I want to do all these things that are based in communication yeah. and being able to express myself. And I, and I really just think that comes from uh, being stifled young, you know, and, and when you're raised by people that are in fight or flight mode all the time, yeah. there's no settle. So it's it's not like your parents can like nurture or even recognize that you have gifts, let alone nurture them because day to day they're just like, hey, can I keep a roof over my head? I got to make sure these kids are straight. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely applying that. I, I there's a little girl inside of me and I talk to her often. You yeah. know, you can relax, you can chill. Mm-hmm. I got you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll protect you. Everything is cool. But I know there's some things you want to do that you never got a chance to do. Yeah. So we're going to do them now. We're going to do them. So tell me this. What's, yeah. what's the biggest dream you hold for yourself right now? And how are you actively working towards it? Oh, man, I want to travel the world talking to people about <laughs> race and division and love and light and how we can conquer that. Mm-hmm. I want to help young mixed girls that don't know who they are, where they come Mm -hmm. from, or how to take care of their hair, Mm -hmm. or how to, you know, connect with their Caucasian family, or how to connect with their Mm African-American family, or just being okay with who they are and not basing who they are in that particular identity of race. Mm -hmm. I just want to talk to people and help heal people. Mm -hmm. And I am working diligently toward that, toward landing a TEDx talk and um, launching my podcast and I launched my blog a couple of days ago and mm-hmm. we have a marketing plan that we're going to, you know, drop here soon to kind of push that. And yeah. I'm just excited. I spent a lot of years doing these kinds of things and creating opportunities and linking people up and networking for other folks. Mm-hmm. And really it was just because I was a closeted artist. Mm-hmm. I didn't believe in my own gift enough to really put my, put it, put me first. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is not the case anymore. I know well, I'm dope. I'm going to go be dope. Yeah. <laughs> so, Right there, I got to put a pen in it because that's what holds so many people back, that lack of belief in self. Matter of fact, I posted about that this morning on my social media page um, because I, a, a lot of people will will focus their faith and trust in their God, whoever they identify that to be. But I find that where a lot of folks are lacking and the reason why we're not rocking this life in the way that we are capable of is because of the lack of belief in self. You know, And I think that piece is so very important to cultivate, you know, and you can work on belief in yourself just like you can anything else. So how did you go from being a woman that, you know, it's like, I didn't, I didn't believe in my own gifts or what it is that I had to offer. And how did you move from that over to this now I'm confident I'm going to shine. I'm going to be me. I'm going to be free. I'm dope. And I know it. How did you make that transition? I spent a lot of time doing work um, with the sole purpose of seeking validation from my peers. Mm-hmm. And God kept telling me that wasn't the way to go, but I would still produce things with the hope that my peers would validate me as an artist or a creative, mm-hmm. specifically in the creative community. Mm-hmm. And when that didn't happen, um, and I kept seeking it, hold on, because I kept seeking it, kept seeking it, kept seeking it, kept for years mm-hmm. and years and years and years. I built my entire brand on helping the artist. And secretly wanting that validation from them in order for me to feel comfortable enough to step out on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and God put me in a position to not only not be validated, but be shunned by that community and those peers. Mm-hmm. So I was, I didn't have a choice but to be left standing on my own. 
And then when you're looking at yourself and you don't have anybody else around you that is like ching, 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 chattering your ear, whether they're pumping your ego up or any of that, you know, then you have to really look at yourself. And, and what I found was that I, I did the work that I did genuinely. It came from a genuine space, wanting to help people, especially creatives and entrepreneurs. That's a genuine thing that will never leave me, but it was more based in wanting to feel belong, like I belong somewhere Mm -hmm. and being a part of a community and being validated by that community. Mm -hmm. And when that was taken from me, it was, I didn't have any choice, but to just look at it for what it was. Mm -hmm. So then when I understood why I moved the way I did for as many years and what actually motivated me, I was done with that. I mean, absolutely disgusted. Like there was a, there was a, a short period of time when all that epiphany came through where I was just mad at myself. Like, what? Girl, are you serious? Like, this is what you've been doing? Mm-hmm. And now you resent these people because whatever the reason, because they don't want to let the validation because they are shunning you. And all those details are a moot point, mm-hmm. even at this at this stage in the game. But because I left resenting these artists that I'm thinking, this isn't fair. I'm out here grinding for you and you don't respect me and you don't lift me up and you don't value me for what I'm doing. And I can just be dismissed at any time. Well, I mean, that was silly of me to even be looking outside of myself for the validation that God had given me just by bringing me to this space, Mm -hmm. just by bringing me to this earth. I was born with these talents. Mm -hmm. So, so you spent all these years, 40 years, looking outside of yourself to be validated when I told you you had it anyway. Yeah. So when I, when I started to like really just hone in and come into myself, I was like, Oh, I don't don't need that. Mm -hmm. I don't need that validation. I'm good at what I do and I know it. And this is what I love to do. So I'm going to do it. So yeah, I I stopped looking for that validation and I'm happier for it. Good, good deal. So if I was to condense, let me just make sure I'm making this connection real quick. I'm a, I'm a, so much value in that story you shared, but I want to make sure people didn't miss it. I want to make sure I got it right and make sure the people didn't miss it. So you got to the point of confidently believing in yourself and your dopeness because God removed everybody around you. Oh, yeah. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> you know, because oh, I mean, struggle partially, with sis, mm-hmm. God didn't just remove people like, Tink, tink, tink. They just fallen off and stopped calling. I mean, I had a petition being circulated to boycott the last event that I was planning. Like, I mean, like harshly removed. And and God will do that to you if you're hard headed. Mm -hmm. And I'm so hard headed and I'm so strong willed and I'm so I'm gonna go do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it regardless of what God is showing me that it had to be painful for me to understand that it was time to move forward. So and it was, and it was, it was yeah. so painful, but I'm so grateful now yeah. because what is happening is that, uh, it's just opening me up. Like mm-hmm. the world is just so big mm-hmm. and it's so much bigger than where we're at, mm-hmm. you know? And there's so many people that can be reached. And yeah. if uh, 300 people in one city decide they don't want to support you, there's going to be 3 million people worldwide that are going to pick you up. There's 8 billion people in the world. Matter of fact, it's in my intro. It's 8 billion people in the world. So, so what about these few? Huh? 
Huh? Such a tiny number. Yeah, some will, some won't. So what? Who's next? That's one of my mantras. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yes. And I and I know I know I'm getting ready to like be catapulted. I know it because I can mm -hmm. feel it. Whenever I meditate, that's what comes to me all the time. Catapulted, mm -hmm. catapulted, mm -hmm. keep working. I'm gonna I'm gonna literally throw you into success. Yeah, you ain't gonna have no choice. And that's the thing. We hear people on the other side of the healing and the victory. And I think sometimes if we don't pause in that process or to talk about that process, people can miss how, because we can make it sound easy. You know what I mean? And I can't imagine that something like that was easy. So what day one, week one, month one, I don't know. So you say three years, what did that three year process look like for you to go from experiencing that hurt where you're feeling it in your chest? And I'm sure there were times you didn't understand what, what, what is this about and you felt betrayed. To now be on this side of things where you see so much value in it and even connect that hurt to the dopeness that you understand about yourself now. Like, can you unfold that process for us just a little bit? I, I, I think that it was just, um, I just think when you hit rock bottom, and if you and if you are strong enough of a person anyway within your spirit and you recognize that for being what it is, this is my rock bottom. I'm here. Mm -hmm. I can't go anywhere but up. And even in that space, in that in that that moment where I realized that I was at rock bottom, I still was able to look around and see how blessed I was. I still had a home. I still had people that loved me. I still had the people that were willing to like talk to me and let me vent and just work it out and, and it support me emotionally. Money never stopped flowing. I never was without a vehicle. I was never without food. My son was still healthy. I mean, it was just all these things that were still intact. What was hurting and bruised was my ego. Yeah. And I had to like, I had to separate that because <laughs> I don't want to walk in a space of ego. I want to walk in a space of light. I want it to be coming from a genuine space, right? So I had to check my ego at the door. Mm-hmm. You're mad. What are you really mad about, Meek? You're mad because yes. what? Because you didn't make the money questions. you wanted to? Yeah. Yeah. You're mad because you brought a national act to Columbus. This was a goal you had for years and it didn't go the way you wanted it to. Who are you? Mm -hmm. You're not God. Mm -hmm. Like I really had to check myself like, oh, this is this is this was a spiritual lesson. How would you say you? whether it's now or even prior to this, ex this experience you had that we just finished talking about, how do you train for the fight that is life? How do you keep your mental fortitude strong and your spirit strong? Um, I, I am an empath. So I feel, I feel things really, really strongly all the time, uh, mm -hmm. people's energy and uh, just being around people. And because I'm a people person and the kind of things that I do, you have to interact with folks day to day, whether it's, you know, something like this or actually in person. So um, self-care is like really important to me. It didn't used to be. Mm -hmm. I used to allow myself to be depleted to the point of stress and resentment and anger. I had to uh, really check myself on that because I would find myself taking my frustrations out on family members or people that I love because I would just give, 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 and never be poured back into or allow myself to like heal, you know, mm -hmm. from those interactions. So I meditate, I do yoga, I work out, I paint, I write. Some days I'll turn my phone off, which is like so yeah. taboo these days, you know what I mean? So <laughs> right. turn your phone off, right? If mm -hmm. people can't get a hold of you, they feel some kind of way, but mm -hmm. I will check out. 
I'll check out unapologetically. Unapologetically, I travel. Mm-hmm. Um, I just booked a room at a suite the other day and didn't tell anybody where I was going. Turned my phone off for three days, and took a bath, a lot of them, and soaked and read and 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 wrote in my journal and watched silly ass romantic comedies that you know are just Girl, mindless <laughs> you know? and just relax, man. Mm-hmm. So and I and feel okay with that because you can do those things. But if you don't give yourself permission to do those things, yeah. then you will still be battling within yourself about taking the time. Right. And that defeats the whole purpose. Mm-hmm. So you have to get to a point where you're okay. And that's self-love. If you don't love yourself enough to be like, y'all, I'm checking out and mm-hmm. I don't care how you feel about it. Then even if you do check out, it's defeating the whole purpose. Like it's a Absolutely. new point. So, um, so thanks for that. We, shoot, you done crossed the question off my list. I don't even have to ask now. So I ask how you practice <laughs> self-care because I'm a self-care <laughs> advocate through and oh. There's nothing I, more important than self-care to me. No, me too. I mean, I will, I'll put my son off. If it's not dire, if it's not life or death, well, I'll mm-hmm. talk to you tomorrow. I mean, I just, it just has to be, it has to be a priority or I cannot accomplish the things that I want to do in life. Mm-hmm. And I just think that, especially as women, man, we're just, we're just given this assignment from whoever mm-hmm. that we're supposed to be the keeper of all things, the keeper of your children, the keeper of your mate, the keeper of your friends, the keeper of yourself, mm-hmm. run your business, run your household, run these errands, make sure they're straight, make sure. And you're just like, when do I get a break, man? Like mm-hmm. why, who said that this was my lot in life? Right. No, I, I, I'm, I'm battling. I'm bucking against that every chance I am. Yeah. I'm like, no, I will. I'll nurture and I'll take care of you and I'll do all those things. But one, you have to reciprocate. If you're not pouring back into me, then we can't do this. If that energy right. exchange is not, is not similar or the same, then mm-hmm. we can't. And that includes my kid. Yeah. Like I, and I'll tell him all the time, you're taking. <laughs> Call me when you want to give back. Y'all, I wish y'all could see this look she got on her face when she said, you're taking. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Call me when you want to give back. Right. Listen, Call me when you want to give back. That's good parenting advice right there, too. Yes. I love it. I love it. Man, because, and, and then as parents, like, we feel like they can, that we're supposed to allow them to, like, run all over us and walk all over us mm-hmm. and talk to us any kind of way. And we're supposed to provide and protect and you know, nurture and give wisdom and no, you're a person too. I know you're a little person, but you got me messed up. Mm-hmm. Like get it together. And by the time they hit 13, 14, 15, you know what you're doing. Stop yeah. trying to manipulate my emotions. Cause you know, I love you more than life. Stop it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I salute you. Cause listen, it's so many people who struggle with, and again, I'm a self-care advocate. It's a part of what I do, even in my profession. And um, that's a huge hurdle for people to get over when it comes to their self-care. So what lessons are you currently learning right now? Um, my current lessons are to pace myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think that's where it's at. I think my biggest lesson right now is to just pace myself and stay focused on what I want to see materialize in my life not allowing um doubt uh you know the, that negative talk because you know th- those thoughts will come in and that's fine you know um and energy is real if you're dealing with people who are struggling with things like that and then you're near them mm-hmm. those energies are mm-hmm. attached to you um so just really like recognizing that um when i start to feel uh really insecure about the moves that i'm making or maybe it's not going to work or am i going to be successful am i always going to be here right here when i'm trying to elevate and i'll recognize those those very 
negative talks and I'll, I'll understand that that's not for me. That's not for me. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the work and because I'm doing the work, I can feel the changes inside my spirit. Mm-hmm. Easier for me to recognize when uh, I'm, I'm having an empath moment through somebody else's energy and it's not mine. So you don't recognize that you're an empath or you, you can't decipher between the two. You'll pick up somebody's energy and it'll attach to you. And if you allow those thoughts to like matriculate and, and grow and it's like a, it's like a fungus. If you don't get rid of it quickly, then it will, it will grow and grow and grow. And then before mm-hmm. you know it, you're spiraling out of control and you don't know why, you know, you're dealing with substances or whatever to, to numb. And then um, you're just struggling and you're going backwards. So yeah. I'm grateful today for recognizing my abilities and my gifts so that I don't allow that energy to stay attached to me. I have a crystal, a, a clear quartz crystal that helps with root chakra uh, healing and hold that crystal and I'll focus on my third eye and I'll mm-hmm. clear my energy before I go into another meeting or if I'm feeling some kind of way or, or I'll do it at home or I'll get up in the middle of the night, whatever, whatever yeah. it takes yeah. to stay grounded because I feel so good these days in my in my growth and where I'm at that it's very easy for me to recognize when I sway one way, there, one way or the other. That's a lesson in and of itself when, that when you become a priority. You can stop what you're doing in the middle of what you're doing to make sure that you're centered so that you can stay focused, that that right there is a lot. And I think that that's my biggest lesson is just being okay with making me a priority. Mm-hmm. Like fully understanding that if I'm not tip top, I can't produce and um, I can't take care of my family. I can't get my tasks done. I can't build this brand. I can't network with people. I can't be my genuine authentic self if I don't take the time to do the, the, the basic work. Mm-hmm. And then two, being super selective about the people I'm around Mm -hmm. because those energies jump, you know, you can give somebody a hug and pick up negative energy off of them. Mm -hmm. I got to just be super mindful Mm -hmm. and, and then listen too, because, um, some folks have gotten really good with, uh, moving through life with their representative at the forefront. You Mm -hmm. might not recognize that that's what you're dealing with. And so like, further on down the line and then it's too late yeah so let me say this right because I think I understand what you mean but just in case I don't and for anyone who is like what's she talking about can you can you elaborate on that moving through life with your representative at the front what do you mean by that um you know like (laughs) people people will okay (laughs) I'm loving the hesitation because this means it's gonna be good (laughs) Who are you really? People just move with a version of themselves um, that they feel like is going to be accepted, or they might not even realize that it's not truly who they are. They've they've taken who they are and the experiences that have shaped them, and they've you know pushed them so far down deep, and they've created this person, this persona, mm-hmm. and 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 that's who faces the world every day. Right. And then you get to know that person, um, especially like in dating situations, or whatever. You get to know that person, and you're like you came across as like this whole happy, genuine person, um, all about good spirits and vibe and saging and this and the other, but re- really you're manipulative and you're, yeah. you're secretive yeah. and you move kind of, I don't know, shaky or shysty or you know what I mean? You just, mm-hmm. you're not truly who you present yourself to be. So when you're rocking with your representative for long enough, there's no way that you can be in a genuine space or like bring anything authentic to the table Mm -hmm. because you're not authentic. 
And I think I could speak to this really because I, I rocked with my representative for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I had to let her go. Like, you know, and, and it's, it was a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. If you don't trust people mm-hmm. or you don't feel like you can be accepted or you don't like yourself or all those things, mm-hmm. it just comes back to like, who, who, how do you view yourself? How do you mm-hmm. feel about mm-hmm. you? Because if you really love you, you accept you for who you are, you're going to be who you are all the time, 100% across the board, right. all the time. Right. And people right. will say that about you. They'll be like, man, me, same chick every trip. Or <laughs> me, I don't know, man. Sometimes she cool, sometimes she not. I mean, you know, so you got to let that go. And and I don't want to say my representative was like an evil person or anything like that or any, a mean version of myself, but... Um, I've had people come to me and say, I can tell when you're not okay. And it's okay not to be okay. You can stop faking that you're okay. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're dealing with some stuff. And I, oh, I don't know, I'm fine. Keep it pushing, you know, and I got this big bright smile on my face, but really like deep down I'm dying inside. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know why, you know, so you have to start to do that work. So yeah, my representative died October 7th, 2017. You better know the date. <laughs> yes. Is, is there yeah, something you want to say around that? For you to know yeah. the date like that, there's some significance. Yeah, she pa- left. Should, should we pause there or should we move on? No, oh, we can keep going. <laughs> okay, move on. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for going. sharing. Yeah, that day was very significant and she okay. did die that day. Okay. And um, it was good that she died that day though because then folks showed me how they really felt about me. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden everything fell away mm-hmm. and I didn't have any choice but to pick myself back up as truly who I am. Yeah. So I'm okay with that. That reminds me of a, a song by Andy Irie where she said, it's time to peel back all of the layers you've put between who you are and who you're meant to be and go be who you are. Uh, yeah. That's what that reminds me of. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, yeah that's good. No, I see, it's a little delight, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, that's, so, the, that's the truth, too. Let me ask you about, because like, you've talked a bit about, like you've referenced being single. You mentioned, you know, making that choice for your son to step away from his dad. Um, you've talked about, I won't call them, I don't, I don't even know what you would call these relationships, friendships, acquaintances, friendships, acquaintances, whatever. Point is relationships, and this is all relationships, whether it's romantic, friendships, um, business relationships, family, easy or complicated? Um, relationships can be really easy if, if you don't move in a space of ego within that relationship. Mm-hmm. But because people use ego as a defense mechanism and ego is wrapped up with the representative, relationships are complicated. Mm. So often I'll find myself, especially with a new fellow that's trying to get at me. Yeah. Are you going to deal with me in a space of ego or are you just going to be who you are? And when you get that confused look, huh? We ain't even got to go no further. You don't even know what I'm saying. Mm. Um, right, right. But yeah, it, it, they make it complicated because they're not, it, they're not genuine. And it's very rare though, like me and you connected as soon as we met, right? So mm-hmm. um, that relationship is easy. Like mm-hmm. we'll always treat each other with mutual respect Absolutely. and we admire each other for just being women and doing the things that we kind of do. And all that was conveyed immediately in the hour that we talked, right? Mm-hmm. I meet people like that. It's very easy to discern those kind of people now. Mm-hmm. Where beforehand, 
all kinds of things with cognitive discernment, you'd end up wasting time with folks that you shouldn't be wasting time with. But mm-hmm. they people make it complicated. People make relationships complicated when they don't yeah, need to be. That's exactly how it should be easy. It. We make it complicated. Again, I, I, I'll use you as an example. When, when you reached out to me on Facebook and I responded to you, God, you are a breath of fresh air to be hmm. such a genuine soul. And I can feel that coming through the screen. Yes, I want to sit down and talk to you. Yes, I want to meet you. Yes, I want to be around that. When people are not genuine or, or truly being who they are, um, then I can just feel it. I'll get like uh, feeling in my gut. I'll get like this crawly feeling up my back. And I know they're not for me. I know that. So whatever it is, whether it's because you want to be my friend, you want to make money with me, or because you're trying to get at me, you know, romantically, you want to date or whatever, whatnot. If it doesn't feel right, then I just, you know, I'm okay. I'm okay with it. Where a broken version of myself would make every excuse in the book to give somebody an opportunity. And it really was just coming from a space of not wanting to be alone. Meek, say it again. Do you realize how powerful that is? A broken version of me would have made every excuse in the book for why that person was making me feel the way they were hoping, you know, that, okay, maybe if I love them enough, it will heal them and they'll be, you know, when no, 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 just don't, just don't even waste the time. And not to say that you wish them ill will or anything like that, but it's just like, you you just got to love you more. Like I, you know, I wish you well. And I, you might even take the time to like, share some wisdom, spread some light. But that doesn't mean you got to take that in or take that on or have right. them be in your life or any of those things. Right. Keep pushing, you know? Good. Thanks for that. Um, I want to go back towards the, the beginning parts of your, your response because you mentioned it a couple of times just about uh, chakras. If there's someone who's listening to this conversation and they're, they're intrigued by, interested in learning in um, the chakra system and that type of work, where would you suggest they start first? I mean, Google is our friend, right? We live in an age of technology. Mm-hmm. Google something. Mm-hmm. I'll say that because everybody is on that. Mm-hmm. I, me, if it was me and I was looking for that information, I'd go find a book because mm-hmm. I like the way you just feel in my hand. I love the yeah. smell of books. I love the library. I love a bookstore. I like books, so I would yeah. read about it. But what are you reading right now? What am I reading right now? Oh, The Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Yes! Listen, one thing I've learned is that um, I've discovered books that have cuss words in the title always tend to be really good personal development books. But <laughs> podcasts, what podcasts are you listening to? Man, here's of lately. Well, first, let me say this, man. When I, I listened to the podcast of yours that um, you sent me before when we decided to do all this, and I just think, and I think it was maybe one of your first episodes, mm-hmm. and I just think that um, you're just such a light soul and you're, the message and your delivery and your voice is very easy to listen to. And, and all those things are important, you know, when you're listening to podcasts, cause you can't see somebody's face, but yeah. um, I just, I love what you're doing and I, I applaud you. So yours. I appreciate you for and, that. Thank you. Uh, Jill Scott just dropped a podcast. I think she's like on episode seven or eight. Okay. And I am a Jill Scott fan. Yeah. Okay. Like, Jilly from Philly. Philly. I feel like that is like my sister from another mister and, we just were supposed to meet us sometime in this life. I hope we do, but I love her and I love how she's reinvented herself a million times over. Mm-hmm. And I love her process mm-hmm. to create. And if you if you ever really pay attention to her, her catalog of music, 
uh, Jill will live for three to four years before she drops an album. And when that album comes out, it is fire. fire. <laughs> she has lived, you know, and then yeah. she's written about where she's lived and where she's at. And she's so unapologetic about who she is and her struggles with romance and being a very strong, opinionated woman and not being able to really find a man that can like mesh with her in that way. And I just, I just love her so much. And I love that she brought her girlfriends in and they're having a conversation like they're sitting on the living room in the living room, you know, drinking yeah. wine. Sometimes I think they are, and they'll let you know that they're sipping on something. But mm-hmm. I've been listening to her podcast a lot because um, just to get some inspiration and just, I just, um, I think it's easy to listen to her, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. it's funny and it's real and it's organic, organic and it's authentic. Yeah. Um, and those are all the things that I I strive to be as a podcast host and being new to this this part That's of things. Dope. So this is a good segue right here. Why don't you? Tell the people a little bit about your podcast that you have out or coming out. <laughs> it's coming out at the time that we record and probably out by the time we we, we aired this. So yeah. yeah, talk to um, us about that so they can get it. Um, the name of my podcast is Three Queens and a King. Um, we're dropping February 17th and I'm stoked. Um, the premise behind the conversation, I think it's a part of, it's a part of me re- rebranding myself as an artist and a public speaker. Um, and, I, and I've been in radio on and off for years, and I've always loved um, that particular outlet of communication, um, and I missed it. So I decided to um, launch a podcast rather than try and get in on terrestrial radio for the freedom to be able to speak a little, a little bit more candidly about things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's our tagline, mm-hmm. candid conversation that matters. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I brought myself, I'm a biracial woman. Um, I have a Caucasian woman. I have an African-American woman and I have an African-American male mm-hmm. on the panel mm-hmm. and it is panel discussion style. And we talk about anything from uh, current day situations uh, like the insurrection at the Capitol Hill, which is crazy, yeah. Um, yeah. crazy, crazy stuff that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Our next topic is uh, marrying for love or money. Where are you at? You know, and the difference between what's important when you decide to come together with someone. And I just want to have conversation. I really want to create a space where people feel safe to have a conversation Mm-hmm. Um, especially wrapped around some of the things that we're dealing with, the divide that we're dealing with in this country right now, which has always been a thing, racial right. divide. Um, but I, I want people to feel safe enough to, you know, come express themselves and share their experiences and maybe just ask a question that they might not feel safe asking in another in another atmosphere, another setting. Mm-hmm. But uh, conversation needs to happen between humans. What do you have for me? What I want to know... How has the pandemic changed your life for the better? Yeah, um, and that, it's interesting that this came up in my previous interview conversation, uh, but the, the pandemic has brought way more good for me than not. Um, and I'm grateful to say that. Uh, but some of the ways is making it easier to say no, if you will. Um, and I can't even say, cause that's the thing, I'm huge on self-care. Um, self-care advocate, I'm going to look out for me, take care of me. I'm mindful about where I spend my time and my energy. Um, so it was never like I had this, I didn't have this fast paced, rushed life to begin with, but the pandemic allowed it to slow down even further. And mm-hmm. even for the people around me to slow down too. Um, and, and in certain ways, yes, like kind of just like we were sharing, if you're not careful, it can you can be disconnected from people because of this situation. But if you're intentional, and I'm a very intentional being, uh, it also helped to increase 
intentional connections with the people that I truly desire to connect with, if you will. So um, those are just, just some of the ways for me. I, um, business honestly got a little better as well, given what I do with the health and fitness side of things, because the tools I provide people is are tools that they can rock with in their home. Um, you don't need to go to a gym. And a lot of people were looking for uh, a solution that didn't involve going to the gym because the gyms were closed. And even when they opened back up, mm-hmm. people were kind of leery of that. So a whole, a whole lot of ways that the pandemic has, has made things better, more better than they were. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. Mm-hmm. 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 Me too. I'm just going to, I'm going to piggyback on that. Yep. Yeah. Me too. You too. Me too. Yeah. Um, what are you passionate about? Ooh, um, I am passionate about seeing people thriving. Like there's something about seeing another individual who has good energy, um, who's a light in this world, living life, loving it and thriving. Like that just lights my whole insides up. I can't remember exactly how you worded it in the beginning, but in your very first response, you said something that I connected with because it's like, yes, that's my passion. I love seeing people well and thriving. I'm passionate about that. And if I can be a part of that, you know, I don't have to be in order to be to, to witness it and enjoy it and celebrate it. But if I can be a part of that journey for them um, and adding to that, the value to their life and how they're thriving and evolving, then that's, that just adds even more to it. Um, and racking out my purpose. I'm passionate about my purpose, which I articulate to be to inspire, equip, empower, and encourage people to live their very best life. Um, so yeah, those are the things I'm passionate about. That's so selfless, man. Like, I just want to tell you what God said to me while you were saying that. Let me hear it. Um, if you're okay with that. Yeah. But um, you will just continue to be blessed in abundance because you're so selfless. Mm. Like that, that, that's all I kept feeling when you were saying it. Like, it's because if you were to really like know her story, she would be able to tell you of many instances where she's been abundantly blessed and it's because she's moving through life, doing the work that I'm asking her to do. You're being obedient. Boom, there it is. I couldn't think of the word, Thank but you're being obedient you. because you of your obedience. It. And it's going to like, man, I'm getting a lot about, okay, so then it's going to like trickle down to your loved ones, your children, mm-hmm. your relationships, mm-hmm. their children for lineages to come mm-hmm. um, way after you're gone. Because of the energy that you're putting down there will forever like affect your 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 kin. I received so. that. Thank you so much. I appreciate you oh. sharing. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. I'm here you're for welcome. it. <laughs> All right, you get um, one more if you want to hit me with it. One more. No, I do. I got a last one for you. Okay. What would you give women of color coming up under us? What 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 like what would be your number one piece of advice to them right now? My number one piece mm-hmm. of advice, Queen, take care of you. Um, you know, and I know that that that's a piece of advice that really any woman can take, but I don't have any better advice than taking care of yourself first. And I think it's, it's important because often how, how we're raised and what we see, we're not necessarily trained to do that in a way where we don't feel guilty about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up watching the, the women in my life always going and doing and tired and exhausted and you know all in the name of taking care of family you know but as the years went on I also saw the the quality of their life um less than less than it needed to be you know um 
And then you get, you know, decades down the road and there's certain levels of regret for how life was lived for others um, and not taking care of self, not to mention the, the, the physical and, and uh, health piece side of it, but mm-hmm. just all of it, like take care of you. And I, I truly believe the better we tend well to ourself, that's the more efficient and effective we're gonna be at taking care of everything and everyone else, um, including our children and mm-hmm. aging parents and mm-hmm. the mission that we're on, the community. Uh, so simply put, it would, it would be queen, take care of you. Yeah, I think that's been like the overall theme of our conversation today is like really understanding. Um, it's okay for you to know that you have a purpose here yeah. and it's okay for you to be passionate about people. Yeah. We seem to have that in common, you and I, right? Yes. So most women do, most women of color are passionate about their families and mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. their kids. Oh man, we are such a fierce advocate and protector of our children, our little ones. So um, I just think that overall, if we could just, one, something you just said that really sticks out to me is to stop feeling guilty when you decide to take time for yourself, to understand that if you don't pour into yourself, you cannot keep giving. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. kill that. I'm with you on that. <laughs> kill that. Take care of you. Yes. And then that's the thing, like, this, it's just, and be, again, because of, you know, the things we connect on, um, like, even taking care of you it's like then it spills out into into other people like if, if we're not well if i'm not thriving if i don't take would you say that three days to to go retreat in the hotel and watch funny movies or like i come out of that better you know mm-hmm. more full more equipped more prepared to be love and to be light in the world around me you know mm-hmm. and so it's not even um self-care is not even a, a selfish act like it's it's necessary even for like the working of your own mission so yeah Thank you, Queen Lady Meek Perry. I am going to have your contact info in the show notes um, for people to connect with you. Also to connect with the uh, the podcast. Congratulations on launching that Thank and you. everything else that you're going to do. I appreciate you taking this time to hang out with me today. I appreciate you having me with yes, all your ma'am. life. Yes, yes, ma'am. Hey, hey, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. To find details on things mentioned today, Along with contact information, you can check out the show notes. If you're not sure how to do that, from the Apple Podcasts app, you can click on the Now Playing tab at the bottom to open the episode and simply scroll down. If you're listening via the Anchor app or Spotify, it's right there towards the top of the episode, either above or beneath the play button. If you're listening via another app, Google it. And as always, if you found value in today's episode, I invite you to share it with a friend and consider writing a review right in your podcast app. Thank y'all for taking this journey with me.